You're listening to Joe and Helen's Hand Mirror, an intimate reflection of the fecund mystery that is woman, a fearless look into the fertile chasm of future femininity, a journey by Dr. Freud's luxury liner into the dark, dark continent of lady. Welcome, Joe Thornley. Thank you. That's I was just going to call it chick stuff, but that works as well. It's Joe and Helen's hand mirror. And as you know, with means of a metaphoric looking glass, by means of a spotlight, if you will, we seek to illuminate the feminine condition for we women of the 90s. Also a good way to look for thrush. Oh, already you're down there. <laughs> we, were, we were heading there, come on. I was, I was speaking in glorious metaphor about my, my yonic wonder. I think by calling it the hand mirror, though, we, there's a fairly in, intentional implication there. Yeah, you're as subtle as a brick, you, which is why I adore Joe Thornley. I just wanted to be the first to say vagina. Vagina, vagina. <laughs> it was a Vagina. Race. We have segments, so stay tuned. We're going to be looking at the crazy world of women's style, the crazy world of women's idiocy, the crazy world of women's gastrointestinal tract, which, as we all know, is much more sensitive and very, very different from the male. And I think, of course, we'll have to shine a light, get a little speculum, if you will, um, into the metaphoric vagina, vagina, vagina of uh, women's sexuality. And I think we'll 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 probably we'll probably talk about empowerment because you know sometimes I don't feel confident even when, me when never right, yeah out, out of interest mm. you know I one of the questions of the age seems to be bad body image. Right. Have, have you seen this in 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 press? Have you heard people talk about this women constantly constantly? I don't uh, <laughs> I'm starting to think that maybe I do suffer from it, but suffer. only suffer from it. I suffer <laughs> from it daily. Um, but then, I mean, it does pay to remember that I don't give a fuck. But so I'm more, I, I think I'm more worried that I don't suffer from it more. I understand. That is, mm. in, that, that's in itself an anxiety, the absence of anxieties that, that have become normative. I don't really suffer. I mean, I, you know, I will say I'm, I'm fat, but years ago somebody gave me a bit of advice. They say, well, you know, either get your hand out of the cookie jar mm. tubby and perhaps cycle or, or shut the fuck up. You have, you have those options. But, I, I mean, I suffer, if anything, from obscene poise and, and confidence. It's, it, it oozes from you, Helen. Um, I've, I'm rapturously in love with my own buttocks, so as long as they're still firm, I just assume that the rest of me is just hanging off them or above them. We will get to more empowerment later, but I because I am fascinating. Um, I'd like to share with you, if I may, Joe Thornley. Of course, here on uh, Joe Thornley and Helen Razor's hand mirror. I, I'm a little pissed off. You haven't said my name in full. Call me Helen Razor from time to time. I'm sorry, Helen Razor. Yeah, Helen Razor, my lovable sidekick. <laughs> Hel- Helen Razor, my ineffable accomplice. As um, certain people, including our producer, might tell you, I'm. A bit of a hypochondriac. I just, I've only just recently become aware because our producer did tell me not to make you aware that I'm on blood pressure medication because you might want some. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, is it, did, does it have any good effects or? Well, it stops me from having a stroke. Well, but that's, apart from that's that, a good yeah, effect. Yeah. So I became convinced that I had breast cancer, mm. which is not, I mean, you, a little healthy paranoia, one in nine women. Mm. It's probably the only sensible piece of information that you're going to get for the entire podcast. <laughs> Almost certainly, unless I read it from a magazine. Uh, I, I diagnosed with, with mm. breast cancer at some juncture in their lives. So, you know, having a sympathetic doctor and uh, asking her or him mm. to diagnose your worry is, is good. And so, you know, at one point, um, you know, I was convinced uh, as many women are, um, that I had breast cancer, um, he sent me off for an ultrasound and I said, why not a mammogram? And he said, because you have very young breast tissue. Oh, bless I him. I know. This was a fact confirmed by the radiologist who, uh, whom, of course, I had to ask. I said, is my breast tissue, as it is seen on, on the radiology or the, the, the sonography, is this, is this young? And he said, yes. I had a I had a proper biopsy. I, I hate to one up. Oh, I hate to do the one up But they didn't even do mammogram at all because I'm. Well, I think it was just too far away and too expensive. And they said, "Oh, look, we'll just you know you can just go across the road to have some sliced out." Well, there's all that controversy, mm, um, and, and apparently the, the the jokes I make during a biopsy fall on deaf ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, mm. welcome. Again, to Joe Thornley and Helen Razor. And Helen Razor, accomplice, etc. Hand mirror, an intimate reflection of the fecund mystery that is woman. Welcome to Spotlight on Women's Fashion. Joe, I, I have no idea why you're throwing this to me at this point. The, the babies, the babies. Oh, the babies. <laughs> Well, so it's less women's fashion, but I think babies are just an extension of women, though. That's right, and this fa- this particular fashion item is being imposed on those who are too young to protest. I couldn't fucking believe it when you fucking sent me the this, JPEG. It was one fucking of, insane. One of the most terrifying, gut wrenchingly awful Google searches you can ever do is for baby. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. It's do like it. it's like two girls, one cup in infant. <laughs> Hair accessory Baby form. hair accessories. Baby hair accessories. And this is, I think a line can be drawn because once you get into beanies and things, they're kind, they, you know, have at least a propensity to be adorable. But Or little devil horns. That would be cute. Yeah. Or like a little Brunhilde hat. Yes, and, and well, that's just logical. <laughs> but uh, the, my theory is, and where I draw the line, is that if it has to be strapped, clipped, glued or stapled on, it doesn't belong there. There was that munted little child that you showed me that just had like a blue bow glued to its head. And there was no hair on which None. I, it, it had to be a glue gun. The little fucker was bald. Yep. And I just and a blue bow. I think in our increasingly gender confusing world, that's just adding to the problem. Oh my god, that's so reactionary. <laughs> that's I'm pretty sure that's why I'm here. Sheila Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> But it's 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 strange. Like um, when you, f- I I didn't believe you when you said hair accessories for infants. I refuse to believe you. You sent me the Google image search, mm. uh, and it is as though these women, possibly men, are treating their issue as craft projects. Completely. But booties aren't good enough anymore. God forbid you'd sit there for two two days and knit the little fuckers because they're quite difficult. But I imagine. This is, it seems to be the easiest way because you can just get them at the chemist 
It was an alarming array. I've done some research. Um, you can go to your pharmacist and purchase. And purchase. Infant hair, infant hair infant, accessories. Infant, infant baldness accessories. Let's be explicit. Yes. You can also. Let's call it out. Let's call it. Let's call out infant sexism online. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're imposing accessories on people. Mm. I don't mm. even like it when Kmart does that. I mean, granted, at your pharmacy, you can also get an adorable bumblebee rain outfit for your child. Okay, but that, this that, is, that is cool. I know. And I don't, that's why I, do, I think we're, that we're drawing a line that we can't explain, but it's a clear, robust one. I think one of the things um, that perturbs me about it is that conceivably it's evidence and very early life evidence of this trend our age mates, and we are very much Generation X, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the most irrelevant, unambitious, (laughs) lacklustre generation since probably the conception of of generations was brought into being in the industrial era. Great list writers, though. We're stupid, though. Mm. I mean, seriously, Mm. we've got no idea. Um, And so, of course, it's no surprise that those of us who elect to reproduce also have no idea. And I do find that our age mates in particular give their babies even adult agency and I think that's one of the things that I find disturbing it's not dressing up children like adults I mean you know Mm. explain uh, Helen Razor well you know babies in tuxedos that's just funny and what have you but um, (laughs) and those little heels adorable there's but there's something disturbingly adult about the the fascinator on a child I suppose (laughs) and essentially these are sort of tiny tiny (laughs) pharmacy purchased fascinators these entire tumblers and and Instagram um, uh, accounts about it I believe definitely and there's people that are no longer on my Facebook feed and so what occurs to me is that we we treat our children as adults. Um, an example, I was in a, a, a car uh, with with a friend. It sounds like a totally fake story, but it's not. Um, <laughs> Only and, if it was on a dark, rainy night. <laughs> and no, it was quite a sunny day. Mm. Uh, her little girl was three and from the back of the car she yelled, as children are wont to do in testing the limits of their identity and their power, she said, shut up. And the mother shut up. No. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, she said, I'm just showing her that she has some control. Because, <laughs> I mean, for what little I know about the three-year-old mind, it's completely illogical. But, you know, do, do you What just... was her name? Petra. Petra, you're not a grown-up until you can make mummy a perfect martini. <sighs> some kids can do that very young. And then I'll treat them like grown-ups. Which, so, I mean, this, this, this brings us to, I think, quite nicely, Spotlight. On women's idiocy. That's it. Let's set that spotlight at a wide angle. Um. <laughs> so, and the speculum. Um, just as our generation of women in particular tend to give their offspring adult agency, they also give themselves licence to be children. I am aware of this in great spades, especially on a number of fashion blogging sites, I must say. Fashion blogging. Fashion blogging. Fashion. That needs to be reverently whispered. Fashion. Fashion. Um, Because if I see another fucking bow (laughs) at the front of an adult lady's head, I'm going to smash my computer screen. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Mac? It's a... (laughs) It's not, but thank you for asking, Helen Razor. Oh, yeah, PC, me too. Mm-hmm, PC. We're talking about our age mates who are 
sort of they celebrate infantilism. Um, there's a book uh, written about five years ago by a guy called Christopher Noxon, who's a very good freelance journalist. His stuff's always in the Times or what have you called Rejuvenile about this this trend. Um, it's quite cynically written. It's quite good. He's a good writer um, about Generation X's like embracing childhood in this sort of like post-ironic way. For mine, this the, the symbol of this poisonous urge is the cupcake. Fucking hell. Is it, I think, do you think it's because we grew up too fast thanks to Nirvana that now <laughs> we're regressing? Yes. Oh, yeah, the great, the, 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 the great icon of maturity that was <laughs> Kurt Cobain. He stayed youthful forever. Oh, he did. Mm. He joined the 27 Club. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But the, but the, but I, just, I, don't I just wanted know. to get away from you saying cupcakes because that the word makes me twitch. What about cake pop? Oh, fuck. they're actually worse. They're like the mutant grandchild. But it's it it serves two purposes: to make making a cake like a small cake almost unfathomably difficult, mm. and putting a stick in something. That's. <laughs> They're the two. I'm just making up purposes because they have none. Yeah, yeah, they don't. I mean, I suppose for somebody, um, you know, a smaller, a smaller person, like a child, um, it would sate their appetite. But fuck me, I but need a, a slice. Also, like the, I think there was just a surplus of aqua and pale pink icing, and and people just made up a reason to use it all up. Do you think with the cake pops? I mean, seeing women of our age kind of sort of flate the cake pops in their mouth. Do you think it's sort of some kind of signal of budding Lolita-esque sexuality that they're trying to convey? Then there's many other options than cake. But this is have a drink. Yeah, that's right. Have a cocktail. But should a you're lo- forty, have a cocktail. Should a Lolita-esque affectation take three years at baking school to perfect? I that, but that do you do you see this with women of of our age, that kind of sort of like boop boopy doo, I'm just a little girl thing. It's really, really unflattering. Oh, completely. I and, mean, including the dress shape, the high waist and the wide skater skirt thing. It's like, I don't understand it. Mind you, as you said, Gen X dropped waist belly out. Maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, conceivably it is. Mm. Just hide it all. Hide your bodies, ladies. Hide them. Joe and Helen's hand mirror. <laughs> a journey on Dr. Freud's luxury liner into the dark continent. Did you write these beforehand? Of woman. Oh, Shut the shit. Stop, 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 stop. I know, I know you love to have – I'm a professional broadcaster here. I know <laughs> I, Helen Razor, and you keep forgetting to ID me. That's what we call it in the biz. I've done it a fair bit, Helen Razor. Um, that, but thank you for that tantalising glimpse beneath the, the broadcasting <laughs> magician's cloth. <laughs> I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I'm revealed to be powerless. And I'm, I'm like the Yellow Brick Road. I'm a painted backdrop. We hope for this to be, on Joe and Helen's hand mirror, a regular feature. This spotlight, or speculum, if you will, is on the gastrointestinal tract of woman. Now, I was disturbed to see, although a little amused, quinoa make its debut on your Instagram feed. That was... I don't like to ridicule something until I've tried it, so I also actually have to admit to trying to make cake pops once, which is maybe fueling my rage. But I just while trying figging, what? 
I don't know what figging is. Um, perhaps we should talk about it when we get up to women's sexual. No, I'll just tell you because it's <laughs> really not worth the discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a practice of putting uh, ginger or some other heat emanating root in one's anus. It was a Victorian practice. The Victorians were very perverse. I don't know why I didn't instantly recognise that reference. Caning, caning. They mastered caning. As is, well, caning and figging, it was a thing. Like, as I said, Gen X, excellent at writing lists. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ginger, I mean, I considered once on my own, I was single. And you're talking what? about the root vegetable, not a ginger. Do you have the ginger thing? Oh, a bit. Scrub it. It's got, uh, it's just the general scruffy requirement. Doesn't matter what colour. I don't see colour. <laughs> Spotlight. On women's gastrointestinal tract. So quinoa. Um, so you don't you, you you don't like to diss, as I believe the youth yeah. is saying mm-hmm. these days, something before trying it. You tried quinoa. It's really nice. I know, I know, but it's the upset. I I once read something, probably in a women's magazine. Um, They're the only kind to read. That's right. That said. The only, if you're going to have quinoa, you must have the red, red quinoa. Otherwise, you're just wasting your your time and your nutrients. Oh. And I just thought that sort of thing where, as like, I said, I don't see colour. Uh, but the, it's the obsession with quinoa rather than the actual practice of, co- of consuming it. And the obsession with nutrients. Everything has mm. to be nutrient-packed. There's a name for that. It's if it's not a superfood. Uh, yes. It's yeah, not yeah, going yeah, in my yeah, mouth. Yeah. Su- superfood. What are the other su- uh, alleged superfoods? Goji berries. Goji berries. Garlic. Um, is it acai berries? Oh, AC, whatever AI, it is. Yeah. yeah. Goji berries just taste like, well, not sheet. They don't taste like sheet. They're quite nice in a gin and tonic, which is possibly I, defeating the purpose. I feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> Spotlight on women's gastrointestinal tract, quinoa. There's a very interesting story about quinoa. The New York Times covered it in um, reasonable depth. It was uh, American and European foreign aid agencies that saw the potential for this pseudo-cereal, which was relatively easy to grow and native to the mountainous regions of Bolivia. They saw a potential for it to be mispronounced for a really long time. Oh, gosh, that was one of those great social signifiers. It was like if you knew how to say quinoa while everyone else was saying quinoa. Quinoa. It's like, God, you're so fucked and I'm (laughs) so chic. (laughs) I miss that. I miss that time. It's like, you know, when you used to know it was Rafe Fiennes. God. Rafe Fiennes is Hollywood's quinoa. Our producer looks a bit like Rafe. It's been said. <laughs> you, you don't see it? Well, no. I just saw. I I just saw the Invisible Woman. So you're insulting him right now. No, I'm talking quiz show Rafe. Right. Yeah, I can see it. But yeah. He, more so when he had those headphones on. Um. So, um, Bolivia is um a so-called uh, developing nation. Hmm. Um. There is a a good deal of malnutrition. There there was aid. Um, in the in the area, one of the many many schemes uh, across the past two decades was this suggest- suggestion that people grow quinoa. It was very successfully marketed to the nutrient and food obsessed West, mm. and people started eating it in large numbers. And while there was um, you know a whole lot of other schemes going on, and Bolivia uh, went headlong into um, relative affluence. Oh God, I'm sounding so boring now. But what 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 happened was um, the in in the, the cities of Bolivia, the median rate of malnutrition went down. But in the quinoa growing regions, malnutrition malnutrition that 
that bubbles went down quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, malnutrition, malnutrition, malnutrition climbed bad eaten sig- significantly because um, no one could any longer afford quinoa as All an ex- quinoa is being sent offshore. Yeah, as an exported good, it was it was very very expensive. Um, this happened in 2011, 2012, and the food community who had um, em- embraced it so much heard news that there was poor Bolivians starving and not able to get their their traditional Incan crops stopped buying it and these farmers who'd built all this infrastructure and had all these crops were again in trouble. It's a marvellous example of something not very marvellous, which is which is rationalised large-scale economics fucking up. So on the one hand, a superfood, on the other hand, as soon as everyone gets wind of it, it ruins communities. Any other food on your mind? I'm not even going to say kale. I'm not. Oh, shit, that's another thing. I actually like kale. I know. I like it when it's all crispy and stuff. But yeah. it's a, that's the thing. The food suffers from insufferable people Who becoming it? obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah. I actually like kale. I like um, uh, the black kale, the, the Tuscan kale. I won't say it again, Helen Razor. I don't see colour. Stop being so phrasist. You whore. Yeah. Spotlight on women's health. We've been waiting for this one, haven't we? We you have. Know we, you know we have. Now, we're both mothers and... Beg your no, pardon? No, we're not. <laughs> I, even, I even threw out my incubator. Um, <laughs> no womb. No womb. I'm a wombless Joe. Um, would you would you would would you like to sensitively reveal something about yourself? Would you like to reclaim your narrative and tell us the story of the lost womb, or should we we leave this for a future Joe and Helen's hand mirror? Had fibroids, got my uterus taken out. <laughs> what a delightful um, s- story, beautifully told. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Too long. Too long. We can edit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hypnobirthing, you were reading one of your magazines? Oh, I was, and we actually Googled it. Did we find out what it was? Bullshit, essentially. Um, But apparently there's hypnobirthing uh, practitioners who – there's one magazine that I got, a baby magazine. I think what it does, although – you know, I can't be certain because this segment of the show is very ill-researched. We shouldn't mm. stop us, like all the women of our generation, from talking Absolutely. and talking and talking until we feel, that, until we convince you and ourselves that we're making some kind of sense. Well, I only need anecdotes. That's all I need. Exactly. And the one that you just told us about your missing uterus is <laughs> yeah, that top draw. That frolic. I think it combines really amateurish midwifery with... A broken knowledge of hypnotherapy. And it's, I think it, at its very root, it's just another way of getting women to shut up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sister. <laughs> oh, wait, we're high-fiving. Yeah. <clears throat> um, we're not at the empowerment section yet. That That is upcoming. But I think accidental empowerment is surely allowed. I'm not scheduling my empowerment for you, <laughs> Helen Razor. <laughs> We shouldn't be bound by a time scale no. of the of, of the, the, the patriarcho industrial complex. I want my empowerment to be random and slapdash. So I think that's all we've got to say about hypnobirthing. It's, that it's that it's there, people. Yeah, it's there. Uh, don't Google it. No. Especially don't Google image search yuck. Or hypnobirthing plus child hair accessories. Do you think that they whack the child hair accessories on the baby as it's born ever? <gasps> Maybe they dangle it. 
outside the vagina to encourage fashion-conscious little babies to come out. How can should you, I refer? Can you what imagine I... anything coming out of there, like a, a being? Well, I, I've seen video. Oh, God, have you? I can't even watch that. Oh, yes. Although because I've got an identical twin sister and everyone kept saying, did you feel it when she gave birth? Oh, fuck off. God, no. I would have known. Oh, my God, does all that because – I should tell them I got the hiccups and just watch them go into a frenzy. Joe Joe Thornley is an avowed sceptic. Um, mm-hmm. If you think I'm a nasty pasty, well, <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Do all of those sort of myths about twins um, and that sort of pseudoscience about twins and how they're connected the telepathy. And, and they use the same toothpaste even after being separated from birth, blah, 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 does that shit you? It does. But, well, it's one of the first questions. No, the first question is always, oh, my God, do you feel her pain? In exactly that voice. And the next one is, do you like – do you finish each other's sentences and do you have the same – are you te- telepathic? And I just figure if you have the same shaped brain squiggles and you're brought up in the same environment for a chunk of your formative years, then you're going to have the same output. And we have had the same dream in the same night, but I just think that's a, just a matter of statistics. Surely if we were properly telepathic, that would happen all the time. I'm faintly aroused by you right now, yeah, yeah. Joe Thornley. Well, that's, that's – Love may- make it reasonable. Maybe oh. because you're like psychically connected to my sister. I've never met Shelley. Actually, that just makes it – oh, she's really pretty. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Women's sexuality. Mm. Mm. Which is really about empowerment too. It should be about empowerment. You were reading your women's magazine. I know, and I've got to, I've got to open it at the page. I, I can't believe the shit in the – I can't believe you paid money for this. Talk about dedication oh, to the I'm craft. I'm pleased that I did because now I can know – I can't find the page but I've memorised it. Things – there's some Shelley's suggestions. probably thinking about That's it right, right. that's right. Oh, she might even be masturbating. I'm sorry, Shelley. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um there, there's some tips to making your – to hotting up your sex life. Yes. And one of them, it's referred to as watching some erotic films and it was saying that these were new tips and I'm not sure that porn – it's got to be what, the third oldest industry after prostitution? No, second. Oh, sex working. Sex working. Sex working. Sex yes, working. Yes, sex working. And, and sex. they didn't mention role play though, so I think we as a society have progressed – that's good. That's good. Mm. Um, motionless sex. Thrust- oh, mo- yes, thrustless sex, Fuck. which I just think we're on a schedule here, people. Just get in, move it around. Mm. Absolutely. I mean my empowerment won't be bound by the, the patriarchal time construct, but my orgasm will. We spend all uh, – yes, and we spend all that time from our teenage years where people aren't moving much or certainly not correctly – Training them to do it properly. And then I think if someone tried thrustless sex on me or in me, I would not be able to stop laughing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, I, I can sense, and I know you can too, here on Joe and Helen's Hand Mirror, that we're, we're about to talk about ourselves in that personal <laughs> – Just, just for a chat. <laughs> it's, it's a topic we love to avoid. <laughs> I, I mean, I know – you are a proper lady. You don't like to talk too intimately about sexuality and your own practice and, of course, nor do I. It's not being properly. I just don't have a very good memory. Because uh, <laughs> we're both completely drunk every time we do it. Mm-mm-mm. Regarding the time, because this thrustless sex, which is recommended in this very well-written journal Mm-mm. of women's affairs, is supposed to take at least an hour. How do you feel about time? 
I just seriously, and give me a figure. What as as to how long I think that the sexual act should last? Yes, and what from penetration to climax? Um, no, from snog to climax. From snog to climax. I think if it's more than half an hour, I'm going to actually want a women's wet magazine to to read. Yes. Mm. And um, because I'm already halfway there, if if the thought just occurs to me, me so, too. Yeah. <gasps> really, mm. me too. Mm, we um, just had a moment. Uh, so from penetration until uh, do you do you climax from penetration? Oh, well, you're right. This is, oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> just, We're talking about real women's issues for real women. I'm just going to maintain an air of mystery and say not always. Okay, so not always, you know. I swear I'm embarrassed too, and you haven't you haven't come back at me with any equally embarrassing um, questions because you were brought up right. I, I am a lady. I'm a fucking lady. <laughs> and finally, here on Joe Thornley and Helen Reese's hand mirror, a fearless look into the fertile chasm of future femininity. It's time to put that spotlight on women's empowerment. Then I don't. Shouldn't that be a roar rather than a whisper? Sorry, you can do whatever you like. You can do whatever you like because you're empowered. You're borrowing my microphone, <laughs> and I'm drinking your bubbles. Mm. So metaphorically. So, so so anyhow, I I think in one of your women's magazines, um, which is the backbone of this discourse, if you will, on femininity, um, in its contemporary iteration, you you found some tips. For the, the contemporary woman. There's an article in this. An article. Pinnacle of a journal called Be a, po- a Taller Poppy. So it's it's telling you how to, you know, let, let your light shine and really achieve. And there's four tips. Put spotlight on yourself. That's right. It Literally. Uh, the four tips are, one, to stop looking outside yourself, which is, you know, I think that's clear what they're telling you to do. Get the hand mirror. Oh, that's right. Or stop looking outside yourself. I think people are going to bump into some walls there. Well, uh, so what does that mean? Like don't compare yourself to others? Uh, let's say. Uh, Be in tune with yes. your. Yes. Well, because it, it blocks your inner, inner awareness, it says. So it's really, so, uh, I think it really. Okay. It's, All right. It's so, just, hang on. Hang on. What good is inner awareness if you, you can't sort of see what's outside? I mean, I have too much inner awareness. Are you asking the 10th last page of a woman's magazine to be more specific? Step two, try to be more real, Helen Razor. I hate this. It doesn't have your name there. I just This I'm idea just... of authenticity is such a crock. I mean, even neurologists can't agree on but what makes sense. There are degrees of realness, clearly. Try to be more real. But we're all constructions. <laughs> but we are. I, again, I think you're expecting too much from this actual discussion. Physiologically hmm. and culturally, we're just an assemblage of parts there is no self how can we be real real enough but there is no reality i saw a quote from i am a wanker um (laughs) a a bad wanker and actually now quite a tipsy wanker um (laughs) by the french thinker maurice blanchot he said Uh. (laughs) (laughs) it's a short quote authenticity is the least authentic word. The whole concept of authenticity is fucked. What do you mean be more real or don't be fake? We're all fake. We're all constructions. We're all playing a role or, you know, we're, we're all results of, of where we've been and those other forces that have touched us. So be more real. There is no real. Watching childbirth no on video is pretty real. Uh, on, on video, that's, see, that's so Generation X, isn't it? Yeah, I saw it on video. So real. 
And step three is to zoom in on what you truly love to do, which is just a revelation. And step four is step into the spotlight. Oh, my God. It's like it's it's like we're twins. I'm drawing like a circle thing. in the air. That's We've come back to the word spotlight. That was a really good choice of constant repetition on your part, Helen Razor. And that was an excellent podcast. And I say that with a complete <laughs> lack of authenticity. Just drink your drink. You've been listening to Joe Thornley and Helen Razor's Hand Mirror. We may or may not be back. <laughs>